podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Whistleblowers is back for the season by Labrooks. And this is true. We love to do the things that we're not supposed to do. We don't need robbing, stealing, or mugging. In fact, we'll take it seriously. We're only bugging. This is the Whistleblowers, and I'm Martin Grinton. Uh, it's the second week. We're back again. This time, we're going to take a little look at those that perhaps could do better and some of those that couldn't do better. Um, we've got two brilliant guests tonight, uh, both of them perhaps with a, a, a leaning on. Uh, championship football. Uh, first of all, first up, I should say, is Mark Smith. Mark Smith, good to have you back. Yeah, thanks for having Sorry, me. Sorry, mate. I, I, I closed my eyes. I it's always seem like to have an issue. My name, then. It wasn't that. I wanted to do something beforehand and see you're a Derby fan, but I always say you're a Derby fan and then just, yeah. I, and I, it just it just leaves a taste in my mouth. Yeah, I get that a lot. <laughs> what are you talking about? Uh, <laughs> sort of not Lampard, certainly. Yeah, Frank he could leave a lo- He'd leave a lovely, t- he'd leave yeah. a lovely gift for you he, and he'd he send is. you flowers. I mean, every woman in Derby is just, they can't believe their luck. It's, oh it's like when you walk into a bar, Martin, oh, looking all tan, by the way, looking good. You've been away? I'm just flushed after playing touch rugby, mate. It's the oh, blood man. rushing to my head, so we'll see how long we get on with this. Okay. Uh, second, uh, second guest is another man that's uh, featured on the Whistleblowers before. I would like to welcome you back, Dan Trelfer. Thanks very much. Good to have you back. It's been, it you. seems like it's been a while. It's been a little while. Hasn't yeah, it? yeah, you've yeah, been yeah, a busy yeah. man. Yeah, been very busy. Head yeah. down. Yeah. Spot on. Yep. Dan is, uh, so to make it relevant, we have a QPR and a Derby fan, but at the same time, I'd like to look at some of the guys that have come up this season. After one game, it's certainly not enough to judge them on, but the summer business has certainly made some of them look more likeable than others. Dan, what have you, what have you in the transfer business, who have you fancied? Uh, the guys that have come up? I think Wolves, I think, should be fine. Wolves look like... And Wolves were far too good for the Championship last season anyway. They've bought a load more players, mostly Portuguese, I think. Um, Got a nice little pipeline. Yeah, it's nice, isn't yeah. it? So, it's I like what it Forrest when... are doing now as well. Yeah. It's exactly the same model. Yeah. If you've got someone like George Mendes in your back pocket, you'd yeah. be mad not to use him. And Wolves exactly. are, Wolves... He's an expensive man, though, isn't he? He's a John Lewis of agents, isn't he? He's not like... <laughs> it's not like Wilco's... You're not picking up... Yeah, but you're not, no one using Wilco's on their website. There are list, other, right? other so, shopping places are available, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're all right with that. Um, but I think, yeah, sorry. Yeah, um, no, I, I mean, it's, it's, I like it when clubs do that. When they, when they buy one player from a country and think, oh, we should get a couple more of those, and then they'll, they'll hang out. I was watching the Wolves game on Saturday. <laughs> that's how they work. That's, that's how, how these talk, yeah. I think it's definitely how The lads knocking about together. I was thinking that. The Wolves on Saturday, they kind of went, you know, sort of Neves, Neves, and then uh, Robinson or, or, or Chambers or whatever. <laughs> and I just thought, hey, it must be quite weird. If you, you know, if you've got a mixture of different foreign players in the team, then you say well, we're all mucking together. If you've got literally mm. Portuguese and British, mm. do they all are they all are they all sort of mixing together well? I don't or know. I, it, you know, when things are going well, when you're winning the league, everything's fine. But everything's, if they're bottom yeah. three in about three months, I imagine it's quite cliquey. Yeah, I imagine it is. West Midlands is probably a different sort of hot pot for them to mix <laughs> yes. in as well, isn't it? It's not exactly. It's not a friend. It's not the friendliest part of England. I would say it's a hard. It's a hard town. I would yeah, imagine. They Wolverhampton. Live in Wolverhampton. No, well, they they'll all live. Oh, what? Stoke. Yeah, lovely yeah, leafy lovely suburb stone. like West Brom. Stone and stone. <laughs> Maybe. But but, do, you, do you remember when Middlesbrough in the nineties had um, brought in like Janino and Emerson, yeah. and they were like, "Well, we better get some other Brazilian lads just to keep them company." Exactly. So they went and got. Franco, yeah, Brank was the centre yeah. back, wasn't it? The yeah. left foot. And it was like, well, that's that. 
That's a nice thing to do. And they create their own little, little, little community. Yeah. yeah, it's very nice. Yeah, of, it's a weird, weird community of really talented footballers yeah, from one yeah, yeah. country. Yeah. They're all quite, quite short Portuguese men. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But they'll be all right, I think. Wolves be good. They should. Yeah. Well, it was interesting to watch them this weekend, though, isn't it? Because there's a there's an element of coming into the Premier League where you just don't. There's no inch given by anyone at any time. You see teams struggle for periods of time, but even West Brom at the end of last season, you know the, the resilience of them. Um, Fulham, perhaps, was another one. They always considered maybe a slightly soft touch underbelly. It might be a lazy mm. trope for me there, but again, perhaps coming up against a Palace team that's very well drilled by Hodgson. Yeah, I, I think they bought pretty well. They haven't spent you know, the same as, as Wolves, but they've got a... a they've they've got spent a, a few they've quid. Spent a, yeah, they've spent a fair bit, but I feel like Wolves have spent just unlimited amounts. Maybe mm. I got that wrong. But Fulham last year, certainly the second half of last season... We're playing stuff that I honestly believe would be, you know, mid-table Premier League. And that was in the dog days when you think the, the foreign lads aren't going to be bothered. They were, they were playing some great stuff, really interesting stuff. And they've got Mitrovic, who was superb for them last year. And we saw in the, the, the playoff semi-final with Derby that he's a player that can adapt over a game and work out how to play against the top-level centre-back. Apart from when he was in the Premier League. but Yeah, well, yeah. this is it. The problem is that at Newcastle... It didn't really tear up any trees, and I worry no. that they don't really have. I mean, they've got in uh, Vieto, but I don't know if. Yeah, I, I don't know what he can do. I, I, I just don't know if, if Fulham have got the firepower. Everyone else in the in the team, I think they're pretty strong. I think they'll certainly stay up. But I mean, I we can't all be Glenn Murray's, can we? We can't no. be, all be that caliber of Premier League guy. <laughs> you know, being able. I, to, know. I think the canny ones. He is a. The reason I make that comparison is because of the the canniness of those strikers. Those are the ones that we've seen at our clubs over the years that yeah. just you know you, you admire that from people that can work it out and, and develop and then you know there's always guys that go on and are better for other teams in the Premier League than they were for you know yeah. for, for people that they perhaps should have done once they get a second bite of the cherry oh, Mitrovic looks really good at the World Cup I thought I didn't uh, he might only score one or two goals but I, I was really impressed with him yeah, you know, he was, he was, he was, he was good, wasn't he? you know he's a great hold up man but he's, he's strong and he's good in mm. the air and, and I don't really understand why it didn't work at Newcastle, right? but but we'll oh, see. Isn't it? Are not a very good football team, so that probably didn't help. It could, could be a bit of that, they're, and they're also not a team that, 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 that prioritise going forward. I think no, yeah, that way. I, correct. They, they can't make, afford to do that. That was a good decision from you know the, uh, the managers coming in and, and do that. Though I yeah. think that, that was a that's the most shrewd thing. Absolutely, that, you know that's what he learnt off Mike Ashley. Just be frugal and just, be tight. Yeah, you know? and, and they've got the right guy in charge. Benitez is an elite manager, and he's got a limited squad with which to play with, and. The hardest thing in football, as you well know, Grits, is scoring goals. And That's you, it, mate. You barely managed it. Absolutely. <laughs> I was just, it was just turning the tap, opening the tap, mate. I just didn't have the spanner for the most of the time. Uh, I was being ironic about Mike Ashley, by the way. No, I, I understood. In the room, glossed over it because it wasn't a good enough joke. And I admire that <laughs> hey, about it was, you. It was well, a fine Mark. four out of ten joke. Thank I'm you, not mate. Gonna... Thanks. Well, that's what I was as a player. So let's, let's look back on. Uh, I just want to go back to the Everton performance as well because um, yeah. the waste of money on Richardson. I mean, it was. Was, uh, there was something sweet about that, wasn't there? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it was when it was first mooted that he'd go for 40, 50 million quid, people thought it was insane. But I think actually, once we've seen that goalkeepers going now for what looks like a, a week on week is 65, 70 million. Mm. You play for your club for like 15 years. Yeah, so and I get mean. that. And also with a goalkeeper, it's, you know, you can go forever, so you, you just add five years for a keeper. But Richarlison at 40 million looks like he could actually be. Maybe not good business, not maybe not a shrewd purchase, but certainly not a 
outlandish one that we thought oh, it might have been yeah. at the start. You know, two Danny Ings. A, a year ago. A year ago. Two Danny Ings. Ings yeah. can only get better. <laughs> they signed Sigurdsson for something like that. Yes, yeah, yeah. Everyone just went, well, yeah, it's completely fair enough. And then <laughs> He was 27 <laughs> year old at the time. Didn't really have a great season. No, did he? didn't. So, that's a very you know, good point. I think that's it's sort of, I, th- I sort of think it's not worthwhile even acknowledging what the transfer fees are now. It's, you just pay what it takes. Yeah, I mean, exactly. that thing came out today that half the teams in the Premier League could, could play hypothetically behind closed doors with no audience, no match-going supporters, and financially they'd be mm. fine still. Mm. So let's take that out of it because it's not coming out of yours and mine pocket necessarily. It's just pay whatever it takes. And it's, this bubble might burst, but at the minute it's it's still growing. But that's the truth. You know, when City buy, or Chelsea buy a player or Man United buy a player, or, you know, when Pogba was bought, it's like, is he worth Man, 100, buy 100 million? Yeah. And... And, and uh, well, that's that's the wrong question because he's worth whatever the club is going to pay. If you've got yeah. a player that Man City want, really want, and Man City's a company said we want your player, then you go. Well, I thought he was worth ten million, fifty million, please, because mm. they'll pay it. Because if you say no, they have to go to their second choice, and the second choice will just add millions and millions of pounds to it as well. So C- City and Real Madrid and all big clubs like that who've got unlimited funds. That's the situation they're in, where they just have to pay ludicrous fees. And there's no point saying, oh, is a player worth that? Well, no. of course he's not worth it in terms of... It's not in real terms for you or me, because yeah. that's worth... That's our great-grandchildren. Not ours, Dan. Yeah. But our great-grandchildren. You never not, know. Not having to I work do, again. Mm. But in, in, in footballing terms, it's just you pay whatever it takes. Yeah. And Man City have seen this season that to make... When you get to the very top, top, top level, to Im- improve your team incrementally, like that tiny last 1%, it's only a small yeah. amount. It might cost you sixty million. So Mares is only—he's an auxiliary player, really. He's not going to start every game, mm. but it's worth bringing him in for that amount of money yeah. because of what he provides overall for the team. Yeah, it's very reminiscent of when I went to <laughs> Chesterfield on deadline. I'm, I'm coming on to that. So um, I, I'd like to say it was inflated beyond any realms of reality, but forty grand was the princely sum. I like to think yeah. that they paid it in probably just cash by courier and just sent someone over the Peak yeah. District from uh, Chesterfield to Macclesfield in a, <laughs> what, what year know, was this? a Fiat Punto um, and picked me up and then took me <laughs> over for training and then they were like this, this is what we get for 40 grand what, what, what was that this was this, I was bought by a guy called Lee Richardson from uh, Keith Alexander and um, the irony was it was a, it was as panic a buy as you could get because I'd just scored two against Chesterfield two weeks before right. and what can only be described as the flukiest game uh, we battered them yeah. and everything that we touched went in and I scored a couple of crackers I did have a good game that night but it didn't perhaps warrant a 40k <laughs> move two weeks later no, which no. smacked of irresponsibility and desperation well, by the manager was, what, I wasn't going to tell him that but what year was this? this was 2008 no 2009 10. so inflation probably about 20 grand then John Sheridan came in and was a <laughs> Utter delight. Well, that was a lovely man. I mean, oh, nice. we got on. We got on great. Um, so let's. So, so, so just, sorry, Martin. That was your biggest move, forty grand. Uh, well, yeah, but I mean, this is the to era. Me, that's mad still. That no, is, but that's, that's a lot of money. money. But, yeah, but the, the era of the free transfer in that league. So um, yeah, there's a, there was just a couple of weird ones. I, mean, I think I moved for like five grand to Torquay, which is essentially was how much it cost me to drive there anyway, because yeah, yeah. it was just, the, you know, in your bed the later. train. Mm. Yeah. yeah. No, I just, it was bizarre. It was like, going, really? So you always wonder, you always wonder how these deals get done. And this was, um, yeah. I was That's great to... that even as a player, you wonder how these deals get done. It's very reassuring. Well, well again, I mean, I've told this story many times when I moved to Grimsby, the, the, my agent, um, just to puncture any confidence that I did have in the manager wanting me, had said, 
I was like, oh, why did Russell Slade when he picked, did he did he go? Oh, Martin scored six goals so far this season. It was like no, like November time he got interested. So I'm doing all right. He scored like six and eight games or whatever. Oh yeah, what did he say? Oh, I've been after Martin for a while. He said to me, my agent was like, he said to me, I, I have you, what have you got? And I said, I've got a big one and a little one. And he was, I'll take the big one. Brilliant. And uh, that was that. So Brilliant. a story to tell my grandkids about. Yeah. Uh, the third, uh, the third guys that have gone up Cardiff, mm. which is a slightly different proposition. They've got the, the Warnock effect, who yep. perhaps you, you you both might know about as well from just play, seeing a lot of him managing teams that you played against. What what can he offer? Is, is I mean, surely he can't lead a team for long in the division. Well, obviously he was manager when we won championship and. Uh, um, and was doing okay before he got sacked in January for us, actually. We had been on a bit of a dodgy run, but I still think... A Warnock apologist, I love this. this I still great. think he might have kept us up. And I, you know, I, you know, we can't go into this because it's very niche QPR territory, but we should have let him complete the season. If we'd have gone down, he'd have left and we could have rebuilt it. It would, would have been fine. Yeah. But we didn't. We sacked him and got Mark Hughes and everything went, went terribly. Um, although he did keep us up, to be fair. For half a season, but, uh, um, Warnock generation was that, Warnock, was that the, yeah. So Warnock epitomised his sort of play. Well, for for us, it was, yeah, yeah, exactly. For us, it, it we, you know, his reputation is as a as not an attractive a manager of attractive teams. But for us, it, it was a very attractive team because he convinced the Delta Rats to sign, and he built the team around him. And we had a we had a solid defence. We had uh, Sean Derry and Ali Fallin at the uh, midfielders. Just who was that them. horrible fullback? No, um, who's the guy that just kicked everyone? That Clint, Clint Hill. Oh, but Clint God. Hill, as he Clint I Hill, hate that man. Yeah, but as Clint Hill got older, he became a More better, but no, a better and better player. He, was, he, he kind yeah, of lost yeah. that. He, be, he became a really cultured player. He was a really good Let's player. Let's be careful what you said. Though. I'm Celtic fans. When he went to Rangers, there was nothing. There was no oh, culture. Yeah. I remember he scored. He didn't fitted he? right into the culture. Remember of he, got, he scored way. against Celtic. Sort of um, winner, didn't he? Right. I'm a apologist as well. I've got to say, I, like I, said, I love him as well. I, I, he was my Plymouth manager when I first went on trial. He was, oh, really? Yeah. I, I, he moved, and Mick Jones was his assistant. That it kind of brought me through. And Clement Blackwell, he's, his legacy down in the southwest of England is, yeah. is brilliant. And yeah, yeah sorry, mm. go on. but yeah, but I think he's. I feel like he's maybe one of the last of the old school, really. And I, I like as an era of football that I grew up on, and I had managers at a much lower level than New Grits, but. The, who just took everything they knew from Warnock and would just scream and shout and F and blind. And it was fun. Yeah. And I feel like it's different now. Um, plus, he's taken a, a decent Cardiff team up. They haven't spent very much. The, yeah, the opposite of, of the other two newly yeah. promoted sides. But transfer deadline day, they had, a, they had quite a productive day. I think they maybe strengthened the midfield a couple of times. So They we'll have see. got, they signed our goalie, yeah. Alex Smithies, the, the most underrated goalkeeper well, possibly is. in the entire world, that's, I think. Well, that's a good signing. Mm. It's a great signing. It's not even playing <laughs> at the moment, which is unbelievable. Who's starting for Cardiff? I can't even, I can't, uh, I've forgotten his name. Okay. But he, but he, I think he played, he, he made a couple you of good saves. To, to become number one. I mean, you should, why <laughs> Smithies would go there if he's not going to be number one, I don't know. Swap benches. The thing yeah. I, just the other point about Warnock is the fact that he's the perfect masking agent for uh, Vincent Tan, who we all seem to have forgotten about. Yeah, that yeah. man but is lurking. In the, uh, there's going to be some key Vincent Tan spikes this season. It's a really season. fun season. The Cardiff fans have, uh, of, 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 they, they like him now. Well, yeah, he's he's, right. he's, he's, he's brought pers- back the blue shirt. He's he's it's a great move, and, and I think <laughs> if he's a PR man, if yeah, nothing exactly. else, if Warnock can keep them up, I think that would be a superb achievement. Because Cardiff, for me, are 
you know, probably favourites to go down. Mm. And that's Book has yeah, gone yeah. with that, and I think yeah, that's, yeah, that's a fair thing to say. Um, I think an amazing achievement for him, and I, you know, I do hope he does it. I think I think he'll struggle to find three teams worse than his, but you never know. I, the, I, I, the thing I that you said, that. actually, the, the the kind of old school manager thing, is true, and, and but that's quite an interesting thing because he's outlasted so many other mm. managers. The game was just passed by. I don't want to, you know, say you know we all know who they are, but the game's just passed by those people, and he just somehow keeps. Yeah. Doing it like well, there's loads of other managers. Yeah. yeah, exactly. He's managed to So he must adapt. He must. Yeah, he do things differently. I mean, he'll always take the team down to Cornwall for preseason training. Always, mate. always. always. The, the, yeah, rack up a couple of shares. We'll have to, I have to bear this. The enduring he lives down me. There. The enduring right. Warnock image of last season for me. Just before we take a break, is uh, as Nuno was going over to shake his hand after, <laughs> and just his reaction, his disdain. It was beautiful. It was only. I mean, it was raw emotion, yeah. and uh, it was putting a man in his place because you know Nuno was. I think Nuno realised who he was then. So I'm looking forward to the Cardiff Wolves game, but. Uh, Listen, yeah. when we, when we yeah. come back, uh, let's talk about the front runners. The Whistleblowers is back for the season by Labrooks. Welcome back. So let's have a look at the guys. So Friday night, Man United. Did either of you watch that game? No worries if you didn't, because I just basically have listened to podcasts all weekend and I've built my vision of football <laughs> matches from them <laughs> rather Other than opinions. it's almost like an ultra, ultra reality sort of thing I've gone for this weekend. Well, I watched it because I'm quite professional and I thought I'm doing the podcast. Well, that's so why I brought you here. Least. <laughs> well, you're here. Did, did you watch it? I, I, uh, where, what? I can't even remember. I, I remember I saw Pogba's penalty. Right. And then I think I went and did something else. Okay, <laughs> that is, and that's why Dan's here, the storyteller. Can't, yeah. can't um, remember. <laughs> let's well, let's let's talk about. Let's just do the Pogba bit. Um, yeah, what's the what's the beef, Mark? You mean you worked with the man? Yeah, um, I think I, I do feel there's like um, there's an issue with overrepresentation of United stories in the newspapers, and I think there's probably not that much happening, but they need to report on everything because it, it for some reason it sells. There's, you know alleged beef between him and Jose seems to be quite a hot topic still. I mean, this is a year alleged on. Alleged beef. He said, if I said what I really feel about him, I'll mm. get fined. I mean, that's, but that's as beefy but I don't know as cons- you can get. We don't that's know the his- context of it. We don't know if it was an off-the-cuff thing. We don't know if he was smiling as he said it. We've got no idea. So, I mean, I would reserve judgment on it. I do feel as though there's something definitely happening there, but I don't think they are... I think they're professional enough, or certainly Pogba is... To keep it away from the limelight, he's just won the World Cup. The man yeah, is yeah. the man's golden god. Jose must mm. he must hate him. He must be honestly. <laughs> well. When France won the World Cup and Pogba was like yeah. scored in the final, played really played brilliantly throughout the whole tournament, you must be sitting there going, yeah. "You're going to make me look awful." <laughs> I know. He must he's have been. So I know he is that self obsessed. He's never being... won the World Cup, Mourinho either, no, has he? So no. now he's got players in the squad that. But that talking next. Pogba going to Barcelona, still talking about it because obviously Barcelona have got another two weeks in the window, but. Pogba may as well stay because he will outlast Mourinho at that club, right? I can't, I can't see Jose. Well, this is it. Starting Who's more important season. to the brand? Yeah. Well, I mean, according to the board and the, the the revelations of the transfer deadline day, they want to keep players who you know are in their prime are or good. entering their prime who are, who are good, good football, who are going to be the guys that take this club forward for the next seven eight years. So I imagine, I mean, commercially, you go to United, Pogba pitches everywhere. It's how they sell their shirts now. It's all Pogba. So I think for the brand, 
which is what United never used to be but have been in the last five, six years. They're just, a, they're just like any other club now. They will want to keep Pogba. They'll want to keep Martial for the same reasons. And Jose, as much as I do still quite like him, I don't know why, but I still quite like him, I think Pogba will outlast him. And I think you may as well see it out, Pogs, do this season and then you'll have a new contract at the end. Known as Pogs to his mates. The, uh, I don't rule out him liking a Barcelona post oh, at no. some point in the next two no, weeks. I think on Instagram or Twitter, there's going to be some interaction because that's, that's right. how he likes it. But if to... you look at, look at someone like De Gea, someone who is certainly in the top two or three in this position in the world, and they're getting into a new contract, they, can't, they have got the financial muscle to keep these top boys at the club if they want to. So I think they probably Excellent. can go and give Pogba 400 grand yeah. a week and keep and I don't them there. in Manchester. Like, it's brilliant. It's, yeah, it's a great. great night out. It's a know? great city. It's a cracking place. Yeah. <laughs> don't, you, you be saying, Listen, don't sign, you know, you're not going to win anything. I'm still talking about, I'm great still, night out. I'm still angry, I'm, I was being slightly ironic, yeah. but I'm still angry about that move to Chesterfield, so let's, so let's park it, you know, having to move over from Macclesfield, it's, it still sticks in my beak. If I'd had 40 grand, I'd have paid myself out of that contract. Mm. But I did see the United game, yeah. Thank you. Thanks for looping that. Thanks for looping us back. Yeah. Uh, Chelsea Arsenal. Two, oh, sorry, that's this weekend. Sorry, I should say Arsenal Man City. Too soon to judge, or should we have some sort of level of scrutiny uh, against Arsenal? I don't, you know, I don't even judge any team if they lose two 0 to Manchester. You're a QPR fan, Dan. Let's, yep. let's, that, there's, we have to con- put that into context yep. as well. So exactly. You're 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 accepting of. So you're an Arsenal fan. Games. No, no, but a realist. Let's call <laughs> yeah, you a realist. Yeah, exactly. A football realist. That is Arsenal true. fans have waited for Wenger to go just for this kind of the new birth of... Yeah, but now they the can f- just complain about <laughs> Stan Kroenke instead, can't they? And, oh, yeah, you know, and tell us how really. awful their life is being an Arsenal fan but and they, only, only winning the occasional trophy. They brought in a defensive can't wait. manager, though. So they brought in a man that knows how to organise defences and should have the level of aggression. Yeah. Man City. Who then played yeah. the same way as Wenger and didn't play Torreira well, and... It was yeah. a strange one. But I, I agree with you, Dan, that, that actually you're looking at a team who won the Premier League, broke all sorts of records, beating the team that finished, what was yeah. it, sixth? I mean, 2 0. 37 points behind them, I it's think. Not, it's, you, I'm, I'm not it's going not anywhere sure. near judging Arsenal. Not for, not for the first three or four months, realistically. No, no it's Christmas to have a decent idea, I think. It's, you know, it's going to be difficult because you come, any manager that comes into a club after a manager's been there that long. I mean, yeah. We saw it at Man United. Yeah, Man United yeah. was a bit different because. Ferguson was still winning things as he left. But I'd argue, though, that he's been left with a better squad at Arsenal than Moyes was at United. Yeah, probably should. I think that Ferguson, in the intervening years, it's, it's been proven what he got out of quite an average squad, and he papered over the cracks for a long time. This, this demise, I think, has probably been coming for a while, and mm. um, what Emery's inherited is, is a far stronger... Certainly going forward, they've got some excellent players going forward, but, yeah, minimum of three or four months before we can even start talking about... Yeah. If it's a good appointment or not, I think. Oh, de- definitely, the best thing about that match was Petrček almost <laughs> passing the ball into his own net. I mean, that was wonderful, isn't it? I mean, well, every time I look at it, I still think it's going to go in. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's going to go in every time. And then, and then, I mean, today we had, um, by Leverkusen, I'm going to yeah. pop him on Twitter and him biting. Oh, what are you doing? Don't do it. I'm, I, you know, I. This is this is now going to be slightly hypocritical because now I'm angry about <laughs> Petr Cech being angry about that. Because one thing that really annoys me about football at the moment is everyone's so serious about it. It's people's yeah, livelihoods. It's people's jobs. Yeah. And you're going, you almost pass the ball into your own yeah. net, mate. Have a sense don't of humour about it. Don't put Toblerons on your feet, mate. He can't yeah. kick the ball. He's, he's not cut out for that. It would have yeah. been the most composed finish it I've, would, I've ever yeah. seen. Incredible. Like, it's, not, it's, it's like playing your mate. <laughs> 
at FIFA that's never played it before, and yeah. then they just go, you just got to oh, just ignore that one. We'll just <laughs> we'll let him just kicks it in, <laughs> and you're like, oh, it's, embar- he's, he's it's embarrassing for all of us. Corner. We'll just ignore it and we'll just move on, and we'll <laughs> minus the goal at the end. Um, well, one I, I, Dan, there's a reason why you're here, so I'd love to come on to that in, in a second. So let's just touch on the, the one last thing, the, one last result: Liverpool versus West Ham, because that's perhaps. West Ham haven't learned a lot, but West uh, Liverpool are still irresistible, and that front three um, more imposing than ever. Mark, yeah, I mean, is it a front three anymore? Is it not a four or five? I mean, Cater looked like he'd been playing there for the last five seasons. Don't he- say that. That's everyone's said like eight seasons. Well, at least you brought it down to five. <laughs> I didn't watch the game, and everyone goes, "He looks like he's been here on the pitch eight minutes, and he looks like he's been here for eight years." Mm. What did he do that made him look like a Liverpool? What was he doing? I like he was, was he scouse? I mean, it's, it's, it's not. <laughs> what was the scousest thing he did in those eight minutes? That's not. Whatever I say, we'll get it out. Let's not get I feel like he was just. Um, he was just everywhere. He was. He, he was. He felt like a a, um, a Kante, but you know, five six yards further advanced. I think it's probably a bad uh, game to judge him on, actually, because they were under no pressure going back at all. So we didn't really get to see him defending much or, or sitting in. But it looks like he's going to join that attack and just do... Yeah. I mean, just do all sorts. It's one thing that Liverpool really lack is people joining the attack, yeah. isn't it? It's, it's one thing that, particularly last season, they didn't really score enough goals from Definitely. different areas. If they had Mil- Milner, Chan and, and <laughs> yeah, Henderson, exactly. it just meant that yeah. it was just the front three. And yeah. Milner was, he's, you know... Milner's still doing his thing. But the, the the thing is that Liverpool haven't struggled with goals for for a long time yeah. anyway. So it, it's never been the case of can they outscore people? We know they can. We we saw West Ham line up the way that Klopp would have loved them to line up. They lined up so attacking, so open in the middle of the park that they were just asking for it immediately. And it, it was just it was a procession really from from about minute five onwards. Um, but again, you know, we can't judge West Ham for a little while. I, I would expect mm. Pellegrini to have. Maybe set up a bit more defensively, a little bit more reactionary. High lane, high lane, it's pretty, pretty harsh. You know, like the Roma game, like the Roma game. Was ab- he criminal. was in China. He was in China for the. I love this idea that Pellegrini just didn't watch the Champions <laughs> yeah. League semi because of the time zone, and then no one thought to go. You might want to watch this game because we're playing these on Saturday. He's like, that'd be fine. Don't worry about it, mate. I do do know it's only been a year. It's technically been a year. I've taken a year out. It's my gap year, and I'm back. But it feels like no, it's a different Liverpool team, mate. Very different. How different can they be? How different? I'm Pellegrini. That was me doing a fag. Klopp has done the West Ham team talk and said, "Guys, if you could keep a high line, that'd be that'd be great." And they've gone, "All right, yeah, whatever." With our centre halves, not a problem. Yeah. Oh, well, well, listen, uh, yeah, well, Dan, I just wanted to talk because you have some uh, exciting news. You've got a book release coming out. Mm-hmm. Yep, 1st of September, um, book with my co-author, John Smith, I should mention, who yeah. isn't here, so I should, should credit on. him. We'd love to get him in for the, once it's out, yeah. to dig a bit deeper in some of the stories, but can you give us a... He's a, West Ham, he's a West Ham fan, so it's probably quite good that he wasn't yeah, here great. for that last That's bit. Great. What's the book called? The book is called uh, Booked, Okay. The Gospel According to Our Football Heroes. And we've read uh, between us 130 footballer autobiographies. Amazing. What's the best one? S- that's, see, this <laughs> I'm is why glad I you asked. <laughs> that's why I brought out. So we, we, you know, we both both didn't read the same books. Obviously, we read we read half and half. Uh, John is very much uh, a, a big fan of Pat Van and Howes. Okay. Because Pat Van and Howes. So okay, yeah. there's different kinds of, auto- of football. Autobiographies, oh, absolutely. Right? Yeah. So you've got the ones. On you've got the ones that are. 
purely straight you get no personal life whatsoever yeah. it's all about you know then I won this cup then I won that cup thought I'd play well blah 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 then you've got Chris one then yeah <laughs> yeah not Chris you know what I mean mate. then there's ones in the middle that give you a little bit of a taste of personal life and then there's there's the, there's the other end which is um, typified by like uh, Mick Quinn um, yes. Terry uh, Herlock uh, Teddy Curran okay. Terry Curran who's Terry Curran Terry Curran used to play was a maverick player for Sheffield Wednesday. Love that word. He's a real anyway, maverick. He's play called for, a maverick play, footballer. Right, he was in the Everton he's in the Everton squad in the eighties and um, in Howard Kendall's great team. He was sort of he was yeah. sort of part of that big, big perm tash. Yeah. Um, played for Forest under Clough a little bit. So did did well at lower levels and and but did play at the highest level, didn't quite make it. The, the greatest thing about his his book is 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 a lot about sex and uh, his stuff away from football and it is in, it, it's distraction quite, for those guys. Yeah, it's exactly. Terrible. It's a really get involved in that nonsense. It's yeah, it's, it's an interesting book. Rich book but, coming October. There's, there's, there's two, <laughs> Ghost written by Dan Trofer. There's there's uh, there's two things from Terry Curran's book which I love the best. The first thing is um, that his name is not Terry. <laughs> his name is Teddy, right? right? And he broke through at Doncaster, played his first game, did quite well. The local press interviewed the assistant manager and he said, uh, yeah, Terry Curran did, did really well, you know. So in the local press, Terry Curran's debut, you know, he set up a goal or whatever. And then he was going, hang on, I'm, my name's Edward, I'm Teddy. I've been Teddy all my life. And he confronted the journalist and the journalist said, well... The assistant manager said it's, said it's Terry. And he went, it's better than Teddy, isn't it? And he went, what could I say? So the rest of his career, he's known as Terry. That's not his name. And he went, who am I to argue? That's what he says in his book. Who am I to argue? It's your name, mate. You're entitled to Yeah, you can argue there wasn't another Terry Curran on the side, and he's taking all his plaudits. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Terry's now broke, never had a career at all. Yeah. So I now I can't remember which is, but it's definitely his real name is Teddy and his fake name is Terry, but everyone right. knows him as Terry I Curran. I love that. Uh, another? Well, the worst, oh, there are some really dull ones. I don't <laughs> yeah. want to dig out the really dull dig ones. Why not? Dig, dig. Dave, is... Dave Bassett, he's very, he's, he's, there's some good bits in Dave Bassett, like when he, uh, when he talks about the first time he meets, El- he meets Elton John, who's come to his house because he wants him to be manager of Watford. And he said, I came in, I went, oh, hello, son. What, to Elton John? He said, hello, son. As if he was a player from your youth team who was sitting in your living room. That was pretty good. But a lot of... A lot of <laughs> A lot of Dave Bassett. It didn't happen. It didn't yeah, happen, did it? Really? It absolutely. I'm didn't sure it happen. didn't, but I and wish Elton, it did. And I'd love Elton to take yeah. him to town on that. Exactly. Yeah, Sum me off, mate. But a lot of Dave Bassett's book is is he's a tease, first of all, because he says it's called <laughs> Settling the Score. So you think, right? Well, needless gonna be, to say, it's going to be. I really, had the last laugh. There's a little <laughs> bit of needless to say. I'll have the last laugh, but most of the Bouncing time. <laughs> He won't. Na- he doesn't name names. So at one point, he's really angry about that. He call- something he calls the Watford Mole Syndrome because of a player, <laughs> a player, <laughs> genuinely a player that leaks stories. I mean, leaking stories about the dressing room stuff. Right. And he goes, "I know who he is, but I'm not going to reveal it because he doesn't deserve that oh, sort of." And you just think, well, "Come on, this you called your book settling the score. It's your autobiography, mate. You're not settling the score at all. You're like, give us the juice." And there's parts of his book where literally. It feels like, and I'm on dodgy ground here because you know I've written a book, and people might say it's badly written. We'll bleep it out, Michael. Or their producers, but there's no swearing. It's just that the ghostwriter <laughs> feels like he's gone on soccer base and gone. Oh look, 
they won one and lost one. 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 And then we'll we'll give a report of that whole half season of, you know, uh, well, we of, one, of Nottingham Forest sleepwalking their way. And then we won one. And then we lost one. And then we won another. Yeah. The next game we lost. It was a, and then the next know, one. Just a strange run of results. <laughs> and you just think no, no one cares. Even the even the fans of that club at that point don't care. Yeah. You know. We're so, consistent only in our inconsistency. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Someone killed me immediately. Yeah, exactly. Can I ask, did you read any of the Steve Bruce novels? No, we didn't. We didn't read that's it because... Yeah, because we, we very, we've fiction. sort of stuck to factual things. Yeah, right. exactly, fiction. I mean, um, factual is indeed massive. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. uh, you've got one more. Have you got, you, have you got, what have you else you okay, got? Okay, a couple of our favourite facts. Please, yeah. what, uh, John's favourite. Uh, is that um, there's a brilliant little bit Leroy, Leroy Rossini's book is a, is a, is a good read an one of my best read. managers great guy yeah. he's, like, he's right? like tinfoil Torquay yeah he played on the he's Astro like tinfoil well, he needs, he needs just uh, like you know the tim- oh, he really? played on the he was uh, QPR yeah, when he had yeah. the, we had the car park and he said we won every game at home. We just yeah. didn't win. They just didn't know how to play on grass anymore. Yeah, exactly. And he turned up and his, his knees had fused into spaghetti sticks. Ouch. But got, anyway, Karen. Well, it's a, it's it's um it's not a sort of you know it's it's a it's an interesting book because of of him talking about being a black player and in that's the eighties. Recent book as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, and there's some not particularly nice stuff about about being a black player at QPR. Yeah. Um, but there's there's a lovely bit. It's just the start of a chapter, and he just talks. He's talking about his sister, and his sister invented a machine out of a <laughs> cement mixer to make Maltesers. She worked for the Maltesers. <laughs> Finally, <laughs> Finally, it's so good. That's, Finally, they had. They, she worked for them, and they had—I don't know what system they had in place to make more teasers. <laughs> but she, had, she adapted it using a cement mixer. And you just think, oh. Leroy Rossini played at the top level; was yeah. a very good footballer, and yet, you're, yeah, it's not the best achievement in no, his family, no. not even in his immediate family, because no. his sister invented a way to make more teasers using amazing. a cement mixer. So also, great Roy Keane would have said that you're not even the best creative person <laughs> yes. in our family. I think is a good pundit as well. Yeah, he's very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. He came yeah. on Lord. Yeah. We, we got promoted that year, Leroy. And Leroy, the, the, the interesting thing I'd love to read a, more is it Michael Calvert? Did he write the book? He's written a book about oh, yes. him, maybe, but um, possibly. The fact that we were at Torquay and he brought out, there was a lot of young black lads that came out of like Arsenal and a lot of other teams that had just had tough mm. times, and he just kind of gave them this. It was almost like a seaside trip. It was like, come to Butlins, which is Torquay. And he just got the best out of something. Oh, really? So I had a Baywalk and family. He was the first to, to bring him through. Oh. Joe Kafur, we had Lee Cannaville, we had um, Ruben Hayes. We had a lot of, and not just those guys, he, you know, he kind of rehabilitated me after my uh, my stay in the gulags with Paul Sturrock at Plymouth. Like, I went there and I was just like, oh, it doesn't have to be like this. It can be nice. And Leary, he's a pheno- phenomenal manager. But, yeah. yeah. Yeah, really. I mean, you know, that comes across in the book. He's a, yeah. obviously a really nice guy. And you, last one, let's look. What um, well, uh, well, do a really quick one is um, Wally Downs has got a tattoo. Okay. Right? Right. Wally Downs. Uh, can Wally you give Downs. Us some background on who Wally Downs Wally Downs is, is uh, sort of play, was in the Women and Crazy Gang. And he's been sort of assistant manager. He's managed Brentford, assistant manager at Reading and various other places. Tattoo was drawn <laughs> by. <laughs> Mickey Rourke. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So it's obviously made with, made with Vinnie Jones. Relevant. He, he went over to um, Hollywood to visit Vinnie. Was this when Mickey was doing his boxing face? I don't, I don't, I have no idea. 
Probably winning worse. It was probably after it, because if Vinny's out there, he's probably, you know, he's had his so face pumped yeah, into putty. 90s. Yeah, he got battered, didn't he? And then, and then when yeah. Vinny's out there, they probably, yeah, because Vinny then came out with the hard man and Mickey was... I've got to say, I didn't think when we started this we'd be speculating on when Vinnie Jones and Mickey Rourke were hanging out. I'm going to ask yeah. Michael, uh, p- producer, can you just uh, invert the... Can we start with this stuff? Because this, <laughs> this is... is podcast no one wants to hear us talking about Premier League footballers. I mean, literally, we just... just this now called Wally Tattoo. Wally Mickey Rourke, the artist. And, uh, sorry, go on. I, 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 I actually, we don't actually even know what it was, but in Vinnie uh, Jones's book, um, we, he just said he woke up. If any listeners can find out, it's uh, Dan, will, Dan will give you a free copy of the book. Yeah, and yeah. Who do you get in contact with, Martin? Uh, <laughs> they want to get in touch. They can with the get a, a bet, a, a, not bet. Dot the whistleblowers. They can they can just find uh, our Twitter feed, yeah. which is a football podcast, and give us a wee tweet. Which, by the way, is a great uh, handle for a football podcast. It, it really is. is. We, po- I can't believe, I can't believe we, that. We, we stole the punch on that, but it means that we have to use up a lot of space to say the whistleblowers in each tweet. But we'll come back to that. Um, yeah. mm. uh, Mark, can we ask uh, what you've been up to, or what are you up to at the minute? You're, you're doing a lot of football broadcast stuff at the minute, or sports yeah, broadcast, which is great. More talk sport, more talk sport too. Wonderful. Um, just finished on that United Man United job, everything but football football show, and yeah. then hopefully working with Derby County on some uh, branded content soon. Lovely. So me and Super Frank, shoulder to shoulder, where we're supposed to be. That's nice. I Fine hope you're way. not blinded by your loyalty. That's all. That's all I'm going to say on that. <laughs> Listen, uh, Mark, always a pleasure. We're going to see a lot more of you this season, Cheers, so uh, thanks to have you. And Dan, uh, I'd love you to come back and tell us more stories. I'd love us to have a special uh, edition where we just talk the stories. book launch edition. The book launch yeah. edition. I think we should do that. But Dan, great. great to see you. Thank you. No bother. No bother. That was the Whistleblowers. <laughs> And this is true, we love to do the things that we're not supposed to do. We don't need robbing, stealing, or mugging. In fact, we'll take it seriously, we're only bugging. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. The Whistleblowers is back for the season by Labrooks. Sports Social Podcast Network.